game.com. It's Sam and Greg on this 11th day of December. Good morning, Georgia! Morning! And a good morning to you folks in Mableton. That's right around the corner of your house. Yeah, it is. Those are the people very near and dear to you. Yes, I, don't, I don't know how dear they are, but they're near. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come in, don't make me laugh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Mableton. That, that, that's um, Mableton. That's you know. um, Pebble Brook. That area, I think. That's right. What city did you say? I was. I said Mableton. M- Paperbrook is in Mableton. That's correct. Yep. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. Man. I was uh, responding to some of our loyal listeners on the Diamond Book text line. They're, they're enjoying the show this morning. They're enjoying the show. Yeah. Outstanding. I got Thank some people you. here on Facebook Live with me enjoying the show. So shout out to all y'all who enjoy well, it. Eric, you, you on, came on, on, on and Facebook said, Live. Thank you. Uh, uh, yes, thank to everybody. And again, thanks to Eric for the kind words last night. But you came like you were talking to me and telling me something during what? the break. And then you went away. And I've been sitting there going, Eric, hello, check one, two, check one, two. Because you said, Greg. And I thought I was getting an important message passed to me. No, I was, I was going to see if you had a request for the top of the hour. Because I've been waiting to pay, play Christmas in Hollis. That's my oh, favorite okay. uh, Christmas song. It reminds me of my childhood in the 90s, Christmas time. Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. I want to be some chicken and collard greens. Okay. You don't, know, you don't okay. know the lyrics. Okay. No, I do. I do know the lyrics. I was thinking about you know that. When, when that movie came out, where I was in life and um, – and I hard, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when that when that came out. And so it just got me thinking. That's why I was quiet there for a minute. Because I'm, again, I apologize to everybody, but even by my standards, I'm, I'm going down rabbit holes and, and rambling on, and I'm afraid this muscle medicine that I've, I've taken to kind of give me some relief yeah. may bleed over to the show. So I've had Eric keep his finger on the dump button in case I say something crazy. we got one more hour. Okay, good. We'll, we'll be all right. We'll, we'll make it. We'll make it. And, and on this day, I want to get this, this stuff out of the way here. And I mentioned some of the movies, man, but this is one that, Eric, you talked about growing up. And now I don't know if you're of that age where your elders sat you down and made you watch this or talked about it, but this was something that the elders in my house, and Sam, I'll let you speak to it, they absolutely did. Uh, with me and my brothers and sisters and made sure we saw this. And today was the day that Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was premiered. Yeah. And then yeah. when it hit TV, I think it was WGN in Chicago uh, started running it. But, yeah, that was one of those where it was a must-see in, in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sidney Poitier was is, was next to Jesus in our house. Yeah, so, yeah. Man, yeah. <laughs> you had to see. If he was doing something, yeah, everybody want to come in and pay attention. He's one of those people that you – one of those images – that um, everybody took a lot of pride in. If he was involved with something, yeah, you, you needed to see it. But he, I can, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Please. I can remember, so my dad, has, he's passed away, but my mom and dad has seen a raisin and his son done by three or four different people on the stage play. Really? But, of course, none of them. They said when they saw Sidney Poitier do it, in whatever year that was. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, they've seen Denzel do it. Mm-hmm. They've seen... Sean Puff Daddy Combs yep. do it. And, of course, they saw Sidney Portier do it, all of them, on Broadway. So, wow. Uh, but yeah. I, I can remember them telling stories about seeing that one on Broadway. And I can't remember who played his his uh, the, the, you know, his co-star in that. Yeah. Diane Carroll, maybe, somebody. Uh, in the film. In the film. In okay, the but, film. I'm talking, yeah. but they saw him on Broadway, too. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me just put let me just put a, a tip on this. Guess who's coming to dinner? And and don't sleep on the scene that I believe propelled her to the next her next career, which we all know. And Sam and I like to say 
when we get to arguing, we we turn into her and her husband. But this, there's the scene from Guess Who's Coming to Dinner that my grandmother and my mother loved. And just I, I enjoy some of my oldest memories of watching them is when Estelle, I mean, excuse me, with um, Wheezy, who plays the housekeeper of, of, of um, uh, Catherine Hepburn and, and Spencer Tracy in this movie, she straightens out. Sidney Portier. Okay. Because she thinks he's coming in there to try and be some shiftless, you know what, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And she and she didn't raise this little baby here from when she come out and then anyway, Isabella Stanford, yeah. Stanford, mm-hmm. who who went on to play Weezy Jefferson and the Jeffersons. She's in this movie, and the scene that she finally gets alone with with Sidney Portier <laughs> and 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 puts him straight and says, "Look, I don't know what you're doing here, but and then goes up one side and down the other." Ooh. I believe was one of the best scenes in that movie. So, uh, as we move into this nine o'clock hour, we're going to let you know that we have not talked to the guy who lets us know everything we need to know as far as going on with our Atlanta Falcons. That's D. Orlando Ledbetter. Um, he is going to join us for the first time in this football season, and it has to do with the timing of our show and the, the movement of our hours. But we got D-Led coming up in about 20, 15, 20 Can't years. wait. Can't yeah. wait. Can't, Can't wait. Uh, Can't wait. Doing our own Bart Scott. Can't wait for him to come <laughs> join us. But we started off the show talking about, you know, a little bit of the Heisman and a little bit of, you know, the bowl games and the teams that are left and so on and so forth. But were we were – we, did we really kind of put a um, – a bow on how we felt about the remaining four teams. Cause I know we kind of went around it, but I don't know that I have talked to you since the whole situation with USC losing and Ohio state making up in there and how you feel about that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the move that we felt was coming. I mean, you got some people down I 20 uh, who felt like, you know, they, they folks should have been in, but they always feel like they folk ought to be in, but we're not having them this year. And that's why we got 12 of their players in the transfer portal. <laughs> Alabama's not, not well, in. Well, yeah, you need to say that again because that, that, that nugget that you put out there earlier about that is something not to be sneezed over. Well, that's, that's very telling, I mean, because usually they're playing down to the, the, the last game, so nobody goes anywhere. But since they're not, um, hey, the guys are breaking camp. They got about 12. They got about a dozen people in the transfer portal right now, Alabama. <laughs> There's something you didn't think you did. And, I mean, you got – you got. I know one – there's one lineman in there who started, like, uh, two seasons. I mean, a starter on the offensive line. You, that's the type of player that doesn't leave Alabama, but but it's happening. It, I mean, that just mm-hmm. – it's happening. Well, I and, – And that's something that, you know, our, the, the coach there has not had to deal with. That's why I, I always question how long he's going to stay in the game. Just like Coach K, you, you know, it's something he can't control. Mm-hmm. And these are guys who are used to controlling everything. Yep. They used to, I mean, everything. And now there's something that they have no control over. And um, I, I just feel like he's going to go the way that Coach K did. How much of what you just described may have something to do with the season that Jimbo Fisher had over there and um, at um, – I can't even think where he is. Um, at Texas A&M. Texas but, you, A&M. Know, you know, what? Almost, almost the worst thing that happened to him was, was actually beating Alabama last year because it raised – some unreal expectations. You know, he was he was the first former Saban assistant to beat him. Right. You know, last year. And everybody said, oh, here we go. We're going to be the championship contender ne- next year. Which, once again, I'll say, Texas ain't they ain't never been that. That's not who they are. The other team in the state is the, is the team that, you know, has the correct connections to national championships. And, 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 and will, again, the way they're looking when they come into the SEC, watch out. 
But Texas A&M got they got the most guys right. They got twenty. They got twenty guys in the portal right now. And and, yes. er, and everybody talked about how during the season everybody was accusing them of you know people saying they were putting money in and was buying folk and whatever whatever they were doing you know um, they need to get you know like I said the NIL stuff is going to take care of itself. You're going to get enough of the knucklehead big money booster dudes who's going to throw their money out there and guys are going to go to the place become disenchanted hit the transfer portal. They're going to put their wallets back in their pocket, you know, and that's to me that's that's the biggest example. You know, yeah, they should have had some more parameters on it and some more guardrails on it from the beginning, talking about NIL now. But they didn't. But a lot of it is going to check itself because you're going to have more experiences like like Texas A&M. You know, isn't it funny, Sam and Greg, by the way, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com, what you were just talking about. And it's funny, you talk about both ends of the spectrum when you were talking about Jimbo. I was asking you, you know, because you, you didn't assume you were going to see what you've seen out of that program overall since he's been there. You can say it goes back to him beating um, Alabama. I say it goes back to his national championship at Florida. Because what is expectation? They're driven by perception, right? That's, I'm not the first person to say that. Expectations driven by perception. And the expectations of Alabama this year weren't met because we perceived them to be always a part of the playoffs. We weren't sure of what Texas A&M was going to be. We didn't have any perceptions of that program, but we did of Jimbo because we've seen success from him, ultimate success from him in the past. So, and you can call it, you know, unfair, and this is what fans do, right? They put perceptions and, and expectations on teams because you guys have either raised or lowered the bars. That's why we get these, these, these teams that surprise us this year. Last year it was Cincinnati. Nobody had expected them to do what they did because we didn't perceive one of those teams making it to be a part of the playoff. This year you could say, ah, eh, maybe it's TCU. But then again, you look at the teams who've actually lost – and didn't get a chance to – you didn't think USC was going to blow – you know, have the problems they had in that last game. You didn't think that TCU was going to have the problems they had, and they were going to win. So, But when you were talking about those two SEC teams and those two coaches, it was interesting listening to what you talked about as far as expectations and how overall people – Well, I think those expectations were heightened by the fact that he was – of all of Nick Saban's assistants, he's the first one to beat him. Right, but and I, I mean, I mean, well, but I think doing that, I mean, Florida State, yeah, that, that, that's that's what got him the gig. But to raise the expectations for this season was the idea that he, he beat the man. It's been so, you're, it's, yeah, you're right. It's been so so um, you know, it's been such an impossible thing. Uh, but last year we saw we saw that happen. You know, he beats him, then Kirby Smart beats him. So uh, to me, that's the thing that that um, like I said. He's dealing with something he can't control. Talking about saving now, he's dealing, he can't yeah. even he can't even control the Affleck commercials with Deion Sanders. <laughs> Deion Sanders has gone out to Colorado. I don't know if those commercials stay intact. You know, uh, they, I bet those stay. I bet those commercials. I do absolutely stay believe they'll shoot ten of them in the offseason. You know what I mean? They just do, do like Wheel of Fortune and, and, and Jeopardy. They just shoot a whole bunch of them in a week, and that'll cover us through summer. They'll add more animals. We got the duck. Now we got the goat. There, it's something else next, right? Uh, <laughs> it might be a buffalo, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe put Ralphie the buffalo in it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That that um, but see, here's again, just there are coaches who would who would love to have the season Nick and Alabama had this year, right? Oh, absolutely, very much. So again, it gets, that's job it gets security. Back to that that's job security for most folks. <clears throat> 
But you really think he's got a shelf life as far not just because of his age, but just him well, that, not well, being able not to control, been able to control the things control, the way he used to. Not been able to control things. And and I think that's that's evident by like I said, he's got he's got a dozen guys in transfer portal. Now 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 I'm sure there are other guys knocking the door down to get in there now. That's the other thing. He's gonna have his pick. And and plus, you know, he's still gonna be able to get some great college talent. Look, he's getting two of the top college players in the state of Georgia, we know from from right here in the Metro Atlanta area. So he can still command that too. Um, but mediocrity is not something that he will allow to happen. Oh at, no, at that's, Alabama, that's, so he'll claim. he'll he'll jump ship. He won't be a he won't be a bear Brian and, and bounce around at the end there. Or, no, 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 no just, he's not going to do that. I, and you know, I think most coaches who have attained a level of success, they they've made enough money right now, and they got some other things they could do. I mean, everybody says they don't know what Saban would do because he doesn't have any real hobbies or anything like that. He'll find one. You know, we, we didn't we didn't think, you know, Coach K with it. Coach K's got stuff he's got going on, you know, but you dedicate so much of your life. And we only see them that way and in that light. And they're so good. You know, they're consistent excellence. But, uh, you know, maybe he'll become a football elder. Huh? There's a, I, you know, I've come to find out that there's a few of these guys out there. One of them is Jimmy Johnson. Where other coaches at all levels come, it's like a pilgrimage down to his boat down there in Miami, and they tap his brain. How did you build the Cowboys? How do you deal with personalities? How do you, you know, go out and do scouting? Because he's got it on both levels. He's one on college and pro level. He's become a football elder. And I'm wondering, and it's not a pro football elder, just a football elder. Right, right. I absolutely believe Nick Saban can do that. He'll live wherever he's going to live, and people will come to him. You know, Belichick gets it now. Well, he's still coaching. But those are guys who will become what I believe football elders and people will gravitate toward them, young coaches, to find out how they did it. That's my thought. Sam and Greg, we're going to switch gears speaking of football and talk to a guy who, well, when he's done, could be a football elder as far as writers. <laughs> how to cover teams. D. Orlando Ledbetter is going to join us next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. It's Sam and Greg on this December 11th. It's a Sunday. You hear that music. It means we only got a couple guests that they're only walk on music, right, Sam? How about that? Only a few. And I can't believe that we have gotten this far into the NFL season without speaking with them. Uh, Friend of the show, actually part of the show, part of the fabric of this show and this station. D. Orlando Ledbetter. Been a minute, man. Good morning and welcome back. Hey, good morning, Greg and Sam. Thanks for having me. Always great to have you, man. And we go. I, I want want to start by offering our condolences to you Absolutely. and your family on the uh, the passing of your father recently. And I know um, you been scrambling around and make sure everybody knows the latest about the Falcons and the NFL. But family, family always first. So we wanted to make sure and, and extend those uh, those heartfelt uh, condolences, wishes onto you and your family. Absolutely. How how how, how, how is family? Yeah, thank you very much, man. First and foremost, family is doing well. Uh, you know, uh, we had a little run-up to uh, this, you know, pancreatic cancer is a, a beast. And, and, it, and uh, you know, uh, uh, we just fought through it, and uh, everybody's doing pretty good on the other side of it and trying to 
live out his legacy as best we can. You know, D-Lord, uh, we have, I have talked regularly about my father who, 98 down there, and, and, and talk about how he's affected me. Before we get into football, is there something that you still have a part of your life or, or part of you as a person that uh, you know that was given to you by your father that you, you cherish at this point? Well, yeah, you know, the love of sports was something that he passed on, uh, you know, had me playing uh, sports at an early age, seven, and, uh, you know, took me to a uh, pro NFL practice when I was 11 and, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, made sure that, uh, you know, I understood sports, but, you know, school was first. So, uh, you know, if you uh, were going to play ball, you had to have A's and B's in our house. And uh, yeah. uh, that's what we did all the way through high school and uh, led us to, to college and, uh, you know, back to college for a second degree. So uh, education – and uh, the love of sports were a couple things he passed on to myself and the and the and the daughters. Yeah, I'd imagine a whole lot about Jim Brown too. Yeah, up yeah, there in Cleveland. No doubt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fantastic, 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 D. Led. Uh, we we'll, we we'll talk obviously about this 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 Falcons team. We're at the the bye week here. Uh, a chance to kind of collect our thoughts and catch our breath a little bit. What are your what's your assessment of this team, where it is, and and what do you see potentially? Have we seen enough this year to feel make us feel good about what potentially is out there for this team? Yeah, you know they've done a great job of getting to five and eight. You know when uh, a lot less was predicted for them, so you know hats off to the coaching staff for that. Uh, they've been able to develop some players at, at key positions, and you've seen some of them make strides. Uh, uh, you know, along the, the, the rushing attack is certainly something that they could carry forward with them. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, there's not a lot to point to uh, tangibly uh, uh, to, to what's going on on that side of the ball. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, guys are getting a lot of on-the-job training, and at some point they got to elevate their level of play, uh, you know, all around Grady Jarrett. Uh, the linebackers have been doing pretty good. Uh, you got some young talent over there in the form of uh, Arnold Abiketi and uh, Troy Anderson and, and and AJ Terrell. So uh, uh, you know those guys have to keep getting better, and then you got to keep adding some more talent uh, throughout the roster. What would you say in your mind when when Arthur Smith took over this team as coach? Now we're in the second year. Where would you? I mean, the expectations there. Did you expect them to be where they are right now, or, or have they surpassed them? Or you still see some some work in progress where you thought they'd be a little bit better? Uh, no, I think they surpassed them, Greg, because you know you're at the bottom, uh, and you're getting close to you know the middle of uh, you know eight and eight, which is what everybody should be in the league and under parity. Uh, but they've been doing it with uh, their hands tied behind their back. Uh, they don't have a franchise quarterback. They had an older one for one year, and they don't, um, you know, they don't have the salary cap space that you normally would have uh, in a rebuild. So they're just kind of getting to the uh, ground level of uh, uh, being able to use all of the uh, ways to secure talent. The salary cap situation will be a lot better next year. You'll have money. You'll have draft picks, and. Uh, uh, so in the meantime, you've been able to develop some talent uh, and uh, uh, try to build out a team and a roster that you eventually can drop some talent and a quarterback into 
and, and you know, maybe we'll find out if they have the quarterback now here in the last four games. And then you start moving forward to being a playoff team and then hopefully uh, in their regard of uh, maybe a championship-level team. Well, we're spending time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning with D. Orlando Ledbetter of AJC. He is social. You, you can go. find him on Twitter at D. Orlando AJC at D. Orlando AJC. All right, let's talk about this. That's the elephant in the room. We, we, we finally changed this quarterback. People have been screaming for weeks, let's see Ritter, let's see Ritter. We're going to see this guy, D-Led. What in the ham sandwich are we going to see next week? Yeah, I think we're going to see um, a lot more of the um, the, the offense will change drastically. Uh, the key is can he complete a pass 20 yards down the field? Because that's what Marcus Mariota couldn't do. He was overthrowing guys. That he was behind them. It was just not a good operation in the passing game. Now, I don't know uh, – uh, how that's going to be better. But Ritter did throw the ball down the field a little bit better in the exhibition season. So uh, the other question is, can they protect long enough for him to throw the ball down the field? Because, yeah. uh, you know, Mariota's been sacked 28 times, so they were on pace to, to give up 40 sacks again for the fourth year in a row, I believe. So um, those are some of the issues. You just can't put him out there by himself and expect him to elevate this team. There got to be some other additional changes to uh, make sure that this works. Otherwise, you're just going to have him out there handing the ball off 40 times a game, and we're not going to know if he can actually play quarterback and pass in the NFL. <laughs> Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. As they get ready for their next opponent, that's the Saints. I could say the Saints. I could say Carolina. I could say Tampa Bay. This is the most head-shaking, head-scratching division that the NFL has seen this season. How do you wrap your mind about Forget about trying to pick who's going to win it. It's like everybody's trying to give it away to somebody else. But how do you how do you assess this division this season? Yeah, it goes in cycles, Greg. Uh, you know, uh, remember a couple years back, the Seahawks went to the playoffs at eight and eight. Uh, Carolina, a couple years back, seven uh, nine and one, I believe that was the numbers. Uh, uh, seven eight and one, but uh, you know, it, it goes around. Some uh, just because you're in a parity situation. Uh, some teams are up and down, depending on the quarterback. A lot of times, so the NFC South is up this year as the um, you know as the uh, the uh, low low lying uh, uh, division. So uh, you know the Falcons still got a shot in this thing. They're five and eight, and uh, looking at Tampa Bay, they still got to play the 49ers and the Bingo. So that they can be six and eight real quick. So um, you're in this thing. And it may come down to that last game against Tampa Bay, uh, you know, for the whole division. You can't lose, though. Uh, you know, you got to go 9-8. and eight. Uh, It's going to get you to the playoffs. So, um, you know, and you're starting a rookie. So, I don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm agreeing with you on that. Well, you know what? If he's having this problem, let's go to the ground game. Because uh, that, that's been something that's been fairly steady for us uh, this season. You want to see that mix. Obviously, and you want to see the ground game force some things open in the passing game um, and complement each other. But the ground game, to me, has been better than expected this year. Yeah, no doubt, Sam. They're number two in the league in run and number 31 in pass. So you're not, you're not going to come out and start throwing it 40 times a game. You just want to be able to throw it enough to keep them honest. And Mariota wasn't able to do that. So they're hoping with Desmond that they could just Pass the ball a little bit better, a little bit better. Get the 200 yards passing. I mean, 
uh, they, they're averaging like under 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 200 yards passing. So if he can just hit a couple more balls, they're not asking for him to be Dan Marino. <laughs> they just need to hit him a couple more balls just to keep the defense honest, convert some third downs, score some points. It's real simple on what they're going to be asking the uh, rookie to do. And, uh, uh, you know, they're going to have a chance to do it against the Saints, then the Ravens, Cardinals, and then the Buccaneers. So uh, they're not asking him to be John Elway. But just come out and make some, make some plays. Uh, with your arm and, and get the ball to Drake or London. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be real complex, but uh, they need to be a lot better or maybe even just a little bit better in the passing game. You like, got to ask you about something that, that, that just happened yesterday as far as the next Falcons opponent, the Saints fines for faking injuries. Um, why is it always something with them? It seems like it's always yeah. something, something goes on. It's something. They tr- they act like a college team. They like if they ain't cheating, they ain't trying. What's what, what's up <laughs> down there, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like Greg said. They're in the they're the uh, they're professional SEC team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, they're Auburn on the NFL. You know, <laughs> down there where they go get busted for cheating. It's it, uh, you know used to be Sean Payton. But uh, you know, Coach Dennis Salad. Now he's a, he's a he's a good friend uh, to both High Chronicles and the AJC and everything. He was one of Dan Reeves' guys, so I feel bad for him. But uh, they were trying to win the game, man, and uh, you know they were doing whatever they needed to do to win it, uh, including faking injuries and, and got busted. <laughs> hey, just a quick thought. We always like to take you uh, to your hometown team when we get a chance to, and they made news over the last week or so with the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Just your overall thoughts on Cleveland, them having him as their quarterback, and any chance of them dethroning uh, Joe Burrow in the, in the near future. Yeah, I think they're in trouble today uh, when they go down to the Natty. Uh, the Natty gets fired up for this game. I think we got them last – yeah, we beat them earlier in the season. They beat them earlier in the season. I don't play sports. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a tough one because uh, the Bengals are rounding in the playoff form. They, they're looking pretty good. Uh, I don't know if the, uh, the Browns can check Jamar Chase, the second game back for him. But, yeah, it's always the Battle of Ohio is a big one, and uh, folks are going to be fired up about that today, especially <laughs> since the uh, uh, Browns are probably not going to the playoffs. This will be their Super Bowl. All right. <laughs> we wouldn't see that would happen. D-Lay, we appreciate you. We spending, miss you, man. Yeah, man, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, since we're on till 10 today, we're able to – to, to catch up with but you. But we're getting our hours back. We let them, we're, we're getting, the memos are going out. We're back next Saturday with D-Lay. We got Saturdays back. And then as we move forward, we're going to have some more time to talk to him. So, you know, just have his phone next to him. We can have him back here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, well, D-Lay. All right. All right, guys. Thank you, and I miss you all, too. You all take care and have a great day. All right, D-Lay Lando Ledbetter, man. Love talking to that dude. Yeah, Love man. talking to him. Yeah. Uh, what do you call it, the Natty? He, yeah, the Natty Cincinnati. <laughs> and, and then he goes and calls the Saints Auburn. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> an Auburn. Oh, man. Okay. We are going to turn things over at the top of the hour. Two dudes save fantasy, and they are on the road. Yes. We'll let you know where they are and uh, what they got coming up in their show. Sam and I are going to put a bow on today, and, man, I got the medicine is kicking in. You just saw the, the what you call it, right? What is that? That, that, that? That's a heating pad, man. This is beautiful. What is that, velvet? A- <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Take us with us on the Odyssey app.
that velvet? <laughs> Sports Radio 929 the game, 929 the game.com. It is Sam and Greg on this 11th day of December. I thought you were going to jump in there, Miss Crenshaw. So I, was, I was hanging back, but that's all right. I just okay. I got all this paperwork here and I'm trying to yeah. adjust my, okay. my seat girdle. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever that thing was. Yeah. There's a heating pad. I told you, man. Oh, mercy on this. Anyway, just a couple things um, we want to. Mentioned before we get on out of here and turn things over to um, Brian. Brian and Bo are going to be up at the location. Um, Eric, we bring Eric in here. I know that uh, those guys are on remote this morning. Yes, up they both will be in there. Brazelton. Yes, and I, I believe that the uh, well, they'll start by halfway through the show. The Bloody Marys will be flowing. I'll keep my hand. Well, on it's okay. I'll that's... keep my hand on the dump button for them. Too. Well, I don't care about them. I'm talking about yeah. well, <laughs> See, the, the thing about those guys, if they get thrown off, they got producer jobs. Right? So they're, they're going to land right, correct anyway. I just, what's the location they're at? They're, they're at, I um, want to get make sure we start Sam's putting that, got that. Houndstooth Bar and Grill. Okay. That's in Brasselton. Houndstooth. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're from, uh, from 10 until 1230. All righty then. 10 and 12, 12, 30. I'm talking like that. I told you I got lost. He writing his notes like he going to get in the car and go up there and meet him. <laughs> well, I have to. I, I eventually may have to say it again out loud so I'm writing the notes down so I don't go, what was that you said earlier? <laughs> to sound even older than we already do. So I, I, I take some notes. I write, I write down all this insignificant information. Stuff important. that happened on this day. And 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 what's your favorite new what's your favorite airport to fly into in New York City? Me? Yeah, either one of you. LaGuardia. Well, I say that because today would have been Fiorello LaGuardia's birthday. Okay. See how I tie that in there? That's nice. That comes from having notes. Uh, I fly in there <laughs> because I'm going to US Open, it's right across the street. That's right, you in Queens. Yep. Forgot about that. Right across the street. Okay. Uh, and he was mayor from 33 to 45. Okay. He was up there for a minute. It was a minute. Doggone, man. Um, you ever heard of Walter Knott? No. Well, you have, but you didn't associate it with this. Because okay. Walter Knott would have been his birthday today. He is the Knott in Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, man. I've actually been there. To that amusement park? Yeah, man. Okay, well. In California. Yeah. I did. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, anyway, stuff like that. Can we get serious for a second here? And I want to mention this, and I'm sure it's been talked about. Uh, it was reminded of me when I got back home from uh, down in Florida this week because, obviously, living with a, uh, a fan of the, this program. But it made national news. And um, Demetrius Walker passed away. Uh, was it Friday? Last Friday? or uh, Yeah, Friday. No, this Friday. Michi was his nickname that's what he was known as this was a kid now you familiar with this kid michi walker not sure either one of you guys he was a defense a standout because i thought about it earlier when you're talking high school football standout defensive end this is up in michigan he um at muskegon high school he had scholarships from kentucky michigan state a bunch of mac schools but he wanted to go to the place that just he just thought there was only one college and that was university of michigan well as he was being scouted, he um, found a bump on his knee. Mm. Long story short, he was diagnosed 
with this form of cancer. I can't pronounce the word, but it was like a type of bone cancer. The word got out how much he enjoyed um, and, and, and loved and wanted to be a part of the Michigan program. It got back to the folks at Michigan. He wasn't, you know, that wasn't a place that they were, you know, he was going to be brought on. But anyway, it got back to the program and it got back to Harbaugh. And they invited him to the program and treated him like royalty. If you one of the game days did a full blown story on it, but it was back in August okay. of this year. They brought him out there and to feel the joy of being part of the Wolverines program. His mother was just over the moon about that. Not only that, that it happened, he was having the worst day. Now you talk to people who have, you know, family members who are, are cash going through cancer and they tell you about some days are okay, some days are not good some days are bad and some days you just you wish for just the bad days they go through all manner of of of, of just emotional upheaval with, with dealing with something like this anyway he passed away on friday but the the university went out of their way to make this kid feel special and to be a part of the um be a part of the program and like i said since it made national news i just want to make a mention of it there but michi walker Passed away, just a young kid, and he was, you know, what they did for him was something special. Uh, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Now, the other piece of news that I wanted to mention, and we didn't mention it there, did you hear about the Hall of Fame voting from this past week? Yep. <laughs> what you think of that? What did you think of that when it happened? And who got in? We're talking Major League Baseball, too, right, by the way. Right, right, right. Very excited about, you know, Fred McGriff. I thought that was that was outstanding. But, you know, we always hope, hope here in Atlanta – that Dale Murphy will get the call, and uh, and it d- doesn't happen. And obviously the people who got left out are people who uh, maybe they're going to continue to be left out. Well, the, the, yes, of, of this 12, 16-member inaugural baseball committee, contemporary they call contemporary it, committee. contemporary baseball era committee, Fred McGriff got all the votes. I mean all of them. And you needed 75% of the 16 members to get in. With eight votes, Don Mattingly. Kurt Schilling got seven. Dale Murphy got six. Now, yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a whole lot more than the remaining guys and some that you mentioned. Bonds, Clemens, Rafael Palmero all got less than four votes. The thing about it is, and I want to get these names right, right? You had the committee that was made up of Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell. Had some executives that included Paul B. Stone, Theo Epstein, Derek Hall, Artie Marino, um, Kenny Williams used to be with the White Sox. Chipper was supposed to be a part of these crew of guys, and he had to back out because of some illness. But they won't meet again to consider folks until 2025, so this is not a yearly deal. I was just surprised, and I'm happy for the crime dog that he got in. I'm just I'm surprised... A, that it, the voting went the way it did, and B, why aren't they doing this every year? I don't know why. You know, to I, me, that, to me that, that would be a great addition, but they're going to make us wait a couple of years. Yeah, right? this ain't the Olympics. What you, what you doing with that? And um, finally, rest in peace, a guy who was a part of our life growing up, but he's one of those, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Mills Lane yep. passed let's, away. Let's get it on. Yep. If you don't know who Mills Lane is, boxing uh, referee, just one of those guys that had a personality. He looked kind of like the, uh, the the Monopoly man uh, and the and the, the little dude that they have uh, dancing around for Six Flags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like that, but he was tough as nails, and that was his phrase. Let's get it on. 
But he was, I believe, in the ring for was it was it Fan Man? Was he? I, I get there was a bunch of great fights. Oh yes, he was. Yeah, man. Can confirm that. <laughs> he, he he was in the he was calling it when Fan Man came in there. Yeah, he did most of Tyson's fights. That's how I got to know Mills Lane, and I think he did some of maybe Ali's later fights when he was a younger referee. But when I was getting into boxing, of course, I got into it late. You know, well past the heyday. But he did most of Tyson's fights. His HBO boxing was getting really big and. Mm-hmm. That's right. Let's get it on. I remember him. You know, I gave you guys your instructions in the in the in the locker room. Hey, locker room. <laughs> 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 well, you, I like that one. You brought up uh, Ali earlier. You mentioned earlier on this day, eighty-one, that he had his last fight, sixty-first fight, lost to Trevor Burbick. Uh, birthdays on this day. I mentioned that uh, Marin and uh, you know what an egot is. You guys know what an egot no. is. Isn't that from Star Wars? Um, no. It is an acronym, and it applies to Jennifer Hudson, Alan Minken, John Legend, Tim Rice, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Robert Lopez, Scott Rudan, Whoopi Goldberg, Mike Nichols, Mel Brooks, Marvin Hamlish, Audrey Hepburn, Sir John Gilgood, Helen Hayes, Richard Rogers. Those are people who have all won an Oscar, an Emmy, a Tony and a Grammy. Whoa. EGOT. And the last of the 17 people on that list has a birthday today. And she's still with us. 91 years old. Rita Moreno. Oh, man. And I think Moreno, I think Rita got hers in a twofer. Because I think she got it for playing the same role. Yeah, for playing the same the same role. I could be wrong on the Grammy. I know she got it for the I got the Oscar for that. And the Tony for that, probably. But, oh, she, yeah, that's what I'm saying. She probably got the Tony for it too. But yeah, that's it's it's called an egot. Jennifer Hudson is the last one. She got a Tony not too long ago, and so she is she is now on that list. And she got it for. The color purple, or I don't have that in front of me here, but I know she's on the list. That's I all think I she care got about. It for the color purple, okay. maybe, yeah. maybe. But that's 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 egot status is something. Well, hang on, let me see here because it actually's got that here. No, it doesn't have that on there. Um, I thought it might have had the list here, but they don't have it where I'm at here. Doesn't matter. She's on there. So anyway, Mr. Crenshaw, I know there's some things you wanted to wrap up before we turn things over to a couple guys in their fantasy. A couple of guys in their fantasy. <laughs> Not just some things. You know, that now that uh, the high school football season is done, look ahead to the 21st as they were going to do things for signing day. It's the early signing period. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, what guys – we know some of the ones who are going to go. The guys, they've done all their work in school. They're ready to go and enroll in college early. The thing is, you know, who's going to be left behind? Who's going to wait to see who, who's taken in the transfer portal, maybe who was passed over for a spot? Uh, you know, it's the big strategic thing, and I think that's the thing we'll talk about when we get to that day, the strategy of signing day now. Uh, there's a lot more strategy that has to go into it than before because of the transfer portal. You still got some COVID-year guys out there, you're still going to have some of these fifth and sixth and seventh year college football players that are not that have not filtered through off these rosters. It really makes it complicated and something that has to be strategic. And I think that's something, you know, going ahead to that that we're going to have to be really watching and see how people approach it. All right. Huh? Yeah. Hey, let me uh, just Chris Parker. Yeah. You guys did your last show. You said this past Friday. No, it was Friday. It was last night. Oh, last night. Excuse me. See yeah. again. I'm telling you this medicine. Um, 
just we need to let him know and, and, and say publicly how much we enjoyed his work with you. But Chris has also been a friend of the show. Yeah. But just, you know, I don't know how much you acknowledge the work he's done and you guys putting this show together every oh week. Oh, my goodness. So, um, so much of it because uh, – You I mean, should take a second and do it as we wind on out of here. Because for everybody that I don't know, he, he, he totally knows and has relationships with him and it's really been the thing that would make uh, this program really sing. The fact that, you know, there's nobody that's at out of reach and the fact that through him there's no one who turns us down. If we invite him to come and be a part of the show – they readily say it. If they're on a bus coming from down in South Georgia in the middle of the night, they'll get on the bus. Bad, bad cable, bad, uh, bad internet connection or whatnot, you right. know, for them or whatnot, a phone connection. But they would still, um, you know, come on with us. So it, just tremendous what he brings and, uh, you know, looking forward to do more with him. And the anticipation for next week, I mean, next week, next year's show is going to be white hot. The uh, Friday night high school football scoreboard show with Chris Parker and Sam Crenshaw. You guys got a, another a tremendous season under your belt and everybody looking forward to finding out. It is must listen. It's a must listen when you if you care anything about high school football. Listen, we're going to turn things over to the guys out at Houndstooth. Um, two guys, same fantasy for two hours today. So enjoy it. With Falcons on break, so you got a whole lot more of us. Eric Slaughter, thank you for everything you did today. Mr. Crenshaw, enjoy the rest of your weekend. You do as well. I'm going to bed right now. <laughs> take us out, man, and take some more pills. All right. Don't forget, Texans and Cowboys coming up 1 o'clock today. Hawks and Bulls, 6 o'clock pregame, 6.30 tip. And then join in progress Sunday night football. It is Miami and the Chargers. That is it. Enjoy your game day Sunday. Here on Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game and 92.9 The Game.com.